welcome to talc teaching and learning consultation skills this is the talc talks podcast helping everyone who sees patients to improve their consultation skills to get better outcomes and this approach can even increase your job satisfaction this podcast, we're going to be considering one of the chapters from the module called Talc Skills for Beginning Consultations Effectively. And the chapter today is called What Do You Say After You Say Hello? Now, this is a famous phrase that was originally coined by Eric Byrne, author of a book called Games People Play. And he was very interested in how people started off their conversations with each other. Now, in a consultation, after greeting the patient and establishing a basic rapport, and if you want to know how to do that better, see the chapter called Why is Rapport Like Money? But after that, the clinician usually opens the conversation by asking the patient a question to establish what the consultation is going to be about. In many videos and observed consultations live, the clinician says something like, How can I help you today? This phrase is so widely used, it's almost become invisible and it's almost not noticed by clinicians. In fact, it contains and expresses a number of assumptions about the clinician's expectations of the consultation. Firstly, it implies that the patient is seeking help and by implication, they need help and which further implies that they are somehow a slightly lesser party to the consultation. Furthermore, the clinician asks how they can help implying that their job is to help and that the responsibility for doing so is theirs. This might seem a little over-analytical, but let's consider an alternative approach when the clinician perhaps smiles and says, over to you, perhaps with an appropriate hand gesture. In this case, there's no expectation about what the consultation is for, nor who is the needy party, nor about whether anyone there is needing help or providing help. The opening is left, well, open. The clinician must remain attentive and alert and makes no presuppositions. This open approach in itself will help to build a respectful relationship and also reminds the clinician to give attention to the patient's initial statement. The patient has probably been rehearsing that statement in their heads in the waiting room before they come in, so it's always essential to listen carefully to what the patient says at the beginning. There are actually a number of options and choices for the what do you say after you say hello part of the consultation. The opening could be a statement of some kind, it could be an open question, or it could be what's called an open directed question. There is no single universally correct choice. The clinician must always be aware of the opening they're choosing and make sure it's suitable and not just a form of words that they've learnt by rote. So let's analyse some of these approaches in a bit more detail. A statement indicates that the floor is really open to the patient to speak and a statement could be something like over to you or please start or I'm listening or I'm all ears. Often patients who are very keen to tell you their opening statement will just plunge straight in after that and sometimes people start talking even as they're taking their coat off. So you only need to make a gesture to support something like over to you. An open question, on the other hand, is a question but does leave things totally open. What would you like to talk about today is a good example of this. 
On balance, that is probably the single best way to make the consultation proceed after you've said hello, because it leaves things completely open. It may be that the patient wants to talk about themselves. It may be that they want to talk about somebody else. It may be that they want to talk about a problem. They may have just come to say thank you because things went well. The third approach is to use what's called an open directed question. This is a question that cannot be answered by a single word, but it also directs attention to a specific area or issue. So how can I help you today or what can I do for you today? There's nothing particularly wrong with those questions, but as I said before, they do imply a certain relationship between the doctor or the clinician and the patient, and it may be better to leave things more open at this early stage. Generally speaking, questions beginning with how and what are much more easily answered than why questions, which can be a bit ambiguous and for some people even a bit threatening. So if you use the question, why have you come today? This could mean, why have you come today? Or, what is the problem you've come about? Or, why did you make the appointment? And that might be, because my husband nagged me. Or even, why did you come today? Because it's my day off work. It's intrinsically an ambiguous question. Try experimenting with different openings and reflecting on the effects of different kinds of approach. And this can help you to make this part of the consultation less stereotyped and more flexible to individuals. Makes it more interesting too. Remember that many patients will be using the waiting room time to rehearse exactly how they want to start the conversation. So it may not be necessary to do anything much more than establish a good rapport using the skills in the chapter why is rapport like money? One special circumstance to consider in this phase of the consultation is when the patient may be unfamiliar with the customs of the consultation. This could be because they're from another country or a different culture, perhaps they don't speak English fluently, or if they're very young and inexperienced in consulting on their own. In these circumstances, it's worth spending a little time establishing a relationship with the patient with some easy to answer questions, for example, about where they've come from, their name, perhaps which school they go to, or other straightforward questions, followed by an explanation of how the clinician plans to structure the consultation. So something like, I'd like to ask you what you'd like to talk to me about today, then I might need to examine you before we discuss our plans for the next steps. If there are unanticipated language issues, this can also be the opportunity to consider whether an interpreter is needed and how that might be achieved. In every situation, it is essential to allow the patient to speak uninterrupted until they complete their opening description of what they want to talk about. Attentive listening at this point pays huge dividends later on and does not lengthen the consultation. There's quite a lot of evidence about this and the references, if you want to delve further, are summarised in the written materials in this module. Thinking about how to teach and learn this approach means really using some time to delve into these approaches. Think about as many different ways of opening the consultation as you possibly can, whether that's statements or questions or just open directed questions. Try and brainstorm as many as you possibly can. And then analyse the benefits and risks of different kinds of approach. Remember that there's often an assumption that follow-up consultations or planned reviews for chronic disease might start differently, such as we're here today to review your asthma. Follow-up conversations may begin with questions like, how are you today? How have things been going? Have you been getting on? 
How have you been since we last met? How have things been going with your treatment or your new pills or since your referral? This sounds like an obvious way to proceed, but it is rash to make the assumption that the clinician knows in advance what the consultation is going to be about. The patient may have a more pressing or new issue to discuss. Keeping things open, what would you like to talk about today, and then adding in the clinician's agenda later on, is usually the most effective way to keep on track and avoid later rising issues, even in follow-up consultations. It's worth practising some different approaches to consultations in real life. Practice a variance of, of keeping silent or saying something like go on or, or some other statement. Practice using a very open question like what would you like to talk about today? And after the consultation, reflect on how it feels and what happened. If you're watching a video of yourself consulting with your trainer, Think about the opening statement and try and demonstrate some other methods in future videos and see what happens. Make sure to read up about this. There's a lot of information in the consultation skills textbooks and in the literature about this matter. Remember that there's a bit more to starting the consultation than just asking the patient what they'd like to talk about. And those issues are covered in a lot more detail in the next chapter, which is called how is a consultation like a business meeting? This podcast was brought to you by NHS Professional Educators, making training available to all.